This is the Nothing But Bucks podcast. Now, here's your host, TJ Reeves. Well, hello there and welcome in to the latest edition of your game recap podcast from Buccaneers.com entitled Nothing But Bucks. I am the somewhat coherent host coming your way late night, Sunday night, Halloween 2021 from the Crescent City, from the Big Easy, where the New Orleans Saints once again continue to show mastery over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the regular season as they slug their way to a 36-27 victory over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, handing Tom Brady, Mike Evans, Levante David, and the Buccaneers only their second loss of the season in what was a wild back-and-forth game in front of a sellout crowd of over 70,000 inside the Superdome, a game in which Jameis Winston was playing against his old team and suffered what appears to be a serious knee injury. We'll know more, obviously, as this podcast is being released the day after the game on Monday. We'll know more on Monday for sure, but the reports are Sunday night it's not good, and Jameis Winston likely lost for the season with a first-half knee injury against the Bucs. Still, they went to a backup quarterback in New Orleans and found a way to win. So in any event, we're here to recap. It highlights post-game interviews from Buccaneers Radio and our Hooters post-game show coming up. Special guest as well, Buccaneers.com uh, reporter and uh, media personality Carmen Vitale will be with me coming up here on Nothing But Bucks to give her insight on the Saints win. What did the Bucs not do well enough? In particular, too many penalties, too many turnovers, three of them. Uh, she is going to elaborate on what went wrong, what went right. Hey, Buccaneer fans, take being 6-2, and two, yes. Yes, she wanted to win, but they had every chance to win this game. Des- despite being down 23-7, to seven, come roaring back offensively. Uh, Tom Brady and the weapons, and you got the lead at 27-26. You just couldn't hold the lead, and then you could not get into field goal range after playing bend but don't break defense. So you shouldn't be discouraged. Carmen and I are going to talk about that. Uh, here towards the tail end of the podcast. Reminder, before we get going with the highlights and then eventually the interviews, however you found the podcast, subscribe away on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, whether you found us through the Buccaneers website, Buccaneers.com, through the Buccaneers mobile app, social media link, whatever the case is, we come your way on the day after games here with nothing but Bucks. Uh, In most cases, that's going to be on Monday. Obviously, there's a Monday night game coming with the New York Giants, so we'll be there on Tuesday after that one. We're always here, though, always recapping. I give you my insight and analysis from field level, calling the game with Gene and Dave on Buccaneers Radio. Um, and, and what a battle. What a battle with the New Orleans Saints here. And you got to give them a lot of credit to lose Jameis Winston and still find a way to put, uh, at, at that point, 29 points up on the board before the clinching pick six uh, at the end. That uh, Sean Payton deserves credit, and they, and they deserve credit as a team for executing and being able – to score on the Bucs defense. That was a bit surprising, especially with a backup quarterback. Although if you know the long, sorted history of Buccaneer football, you know that backup quarterback after backup quarterback has succeeded. We even saw it in the playoffs last year with Taylor Heineke, the backup quarterback for Washington, pressed into duty in a playoff game uh, for the injured Alex Smith, and he played brilliantly, but the Buccaneers overcame it in one that did not happen on Sunday. What did happen on Sunday was the first of two meetings with the Buccaneers coming in 6-1 and one for the first time in franchise history. Let's quickly get to the highlights and hear some of what went on. And early on, the Buccaneers' former number one overall pick, Jameis Winston, making plays with his feet for the Saints. Third down and nine as they deploy two receivers to the right, including a tight end, Troutman. 
Here's the snap, quick snap, and here comes pressure. Winston steps up out of the pocket. He may run. He's going to run the ball to the 20, to the 25. Winston to the 35-yard line. It's a New Orleans Saints first down. Well, he can beat you with his legs if you put too much pressure on him. And that time, the entire middle part of the line opened up like the Red Sea, and he was off to the races. Again, Mean Gene Deckerhoff on all the calls here on Buccaneers Radio. Jameis time and again in the first half of the game, able to run around, but eventually... The, uh, the undoing was him trying to run the ball later in the first half. But in this instance, he does pick up the first down. But on the opening drive, the Saints are facing third and short and don't get it. And decide near midfield, okay, we're going to go for it on fourth and short right here. Shotgun formation, though, fourth down and one. Hand the ball off, and the Bucks stuff the run short of the mark to make. Great play by the defensive front line. Levante David comes in and closes the door. And the Bucks have stopped the Saints on fourth down. Great job by the interior Buccaneer D to stop Alvin Kamara, unable to get the first down, and the Buccaneers take over. And it would not take long for Tom Brady to move the team into scoring position and into the red zone and capitalize with the first points of the afternoon for either team. Sidecar left, Bernard, Brady looks, stars the dark, part ball at the five, to the goal line, touchdown Tampa Bay. First Godwin, does he get in? Give him a touchdown, Mr. Ref. It's a touchdown, Tampa Bay. What took so long? Well, one official looked across the field the other. Godwin caught the ball at the four-yard line and took a tackle to the goal line, and the officials did not indicate touchdown right away, but it's six for the Bucks. 12 yards officially to Chris Godwin, and this guy has just been such a money player. I know I keep saying that on all of our coverage on Buccaneers Radio and on this Nuggets with Bucks podcast, but Godwin goes over the middle. It makes plays. You get him the ball in the screen pass, start and stop, he can make plays. He can go down the field and catch a key third down. Go over the middle, catch a touchdown like that, and you've got the 7-0 lead. Now, credit the Saints because they bounced back. They drove down the field uh, after the Buccaneer touchdown drive and put together a touchdown drive of their own of 13 plays, 75 yards, and Jameis Winston, uh, while he has been part of a conservative Saints offense that doesn't take a lot of chances down the field, they feature Alvin Kamara. They throw it short a bunch. Sean Payton has obviously modified his game plan. Well, Jameis Winston's best pass of the day came on this score to retie the game. they got to reach the Buccaneer nine-yard line from the 17. Here's the snap out of the gun pressure coming. Winston's passed over the end zone. It's a caught ball. Touchdown, New Orleans Saints. Traquan Smith came up with the touchdown in the 7-7 football game, and so... At that point, the Saints had pulled even. The Buccaneers, however, get the ball back and start going on a drive in the second quarter trying to make something happen and, in fact, moved uh, up to the uh, up beyond the midfield stripe, had gone into Saints territory, looking like they're certain to get a field goal to retake the lead, if not a touchdown to retake the lead. But then the Saints began to make plays and take away, starting with right here. Third down, six, the mark to make is the 25. Empty backfield for Tom Brady. Three receivers, including a tight end to the left. That's Cameron Brady. Here's the snap. Three-man rush. Brady looks, looks, looks. Under pressure. He fumbled the football. Ah, the New Orleans Saints have recovered. It's a sack and a strip and a recovered fumble by the New Orleans Saints. Officially, it goes as a Cam Jordan sack, but the bottom line is he pushed Tristan Wirfs back into Tom Brady to knock the ball out of his throwing hand. The Saints fell on the football for the recovery and the first turnover of the game. Now, to the Buccaneer defense's credit as we go through the highlights here on Buccaneers Radio, they didn't allow the Saints to get in the end zone, and it's only a field goal from their rookie kicker 
and the 23 to seven lead uh, at this point. So you're happy with that. What you're not happy with is what would happen next. We, we go into these games saying, especially on the road, don't beat yourself with penalties, with turnovers. We saw penalty after penalty in this game, personal fouls for late hits, for taunting later on in the game, holding penalties, too many of those, over 100 yards in penalties, and another turnover. We keep talking about do not help the opposition with turnovers. Well, it bit Tom Brady in this instance. Now Brady steps up and shouts something to Judson. He hear, can he hear what Brady's saying. It's loud in here. Here is the snap, Brady. They run a stunt. Brady looks those toward. It is intercepted to the 40, to the 45, to the 50, to the 45. Inside the 45. It's an interception return to the Buccaneer 37-yard line. Interception. New Orleans Saints have taken the ball away. I think two receivers were in the same spot and probably busted the play. Again, uh, credit the Saints as they're able to jump in front, and that's Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. Um, who did a great job. Uh, Gardner Johnson, a former Florida Gator, jumps in front of that pass, got a great return on it. And by this time, Jameis Winston had left the game. We don't have the highlight of him being tackled by Devin White and suffering an obvious left knee injury. Got carted off to the locker room, later revealed that he would not return to the game. And now it turns out again with the reports on Sunday night that it's a serious knee injury, probably an ACL injury. A Monday MRI will confirm that it's an ACL injury for Jameis Winston, so he's out. So Trevor Simeon, the backup quarterback, the former Denver Bronco, the former Tennessee Titan, who's been on and off the New Orleans roster for the last couple of seasons, was in training camp in the preseason with him this year, put back on the practice squad a few weeks ago when Taysom Hill got hurt. Now Trevor Simeon's in the game here in this instance, and in a crucial situation here on the goal line, he gets them in the end zone. Out of the Saints tied out, dropping back to throw, Simeon's hits. A tight end on the left side. The catch is made. It's a fullback, Alex Armaugh. He lined up as an H-back. It's a touchdown, Saints. Boy, a nightmare on Halloween with 27 seconds left. 16-7, New Orleans. And again, uh, Simeon's one-yard touchdown pass to the tight end, Armaugh, uh, who catches that one, is aided by two personal fouls for roughing the passer. Uh, the, the Bucs had actually intercepted the ball off of Simeon, but it got overruled for roughing the passer. But on that play, uh, the Saints got away with pushing Will Golston hand to the face and knocking his helmet off. I know Coach Bruce Arians was livid on the sideline that it should have been offsetting penalties. The interception was not going to stand because Golston clearly hit Simeon after he threw it, which you're not allowed to do. But it should have been offsetting penalties so they didn't move in to scoring range. They did get that touchdown. They did lead 16-7 to going to the half, and we talked to the head coach, and he said, hey, too many mistakes, too many penalties, too many turnovers. you got to tighten that stuff up and have a chance to win. But you knew with Tom Brady, with the growth, the GOAT, the greatest of all time, you were going to have a chance to make some plays in the second half, a whole second half to go if you could get it done. Now, to the Saints' credit, they had declined to take the football when they won the opening toss in the first half, so they, they get the ball to start the second half, and that would really stretch the lead out. Trevor Simeon, impressive. Uh, able to hit a couple of throws, and then eventually they are uh, moving into scoring range here early on in the third quarter, capping off a 71-yard drive. They bring in Armar as a blocking fullback, high formation. Simeon takes the snap, pitches the ball to Kamar. He juggled the ball. He's still got the speed and the angle. Touchdown, Saints. How about that? He is that talented. Jumps over the fence, is greeted by rabid Saints fans. Don't blame him. And the New Orleans Saints do exactly what you fear when you defer to the second half. They score late in the first half. And on the first possession of the second half, it's 22-7. to 7. 
New Orleans. Alvin Kamara officially a one-yard run. He had a lot of tough yards in this game, not a lot of yards. And at this point, it's 23 to seven, and the Saints are in complete command, having scored 23 straight points dating back to the first quarter of the game. But undaunted, the Buccaneers come right back. Uh, 10 plays, 75 yards, only three and a half minutes. And eventually, Tom Brady would be looking on a third and goal situation here to running back Giovanni Bernard. Third down and four. Got to get it to the three. Four down territory. We trail by three scores. In motion, Bernard to the right. Empty backfield. Brady throws toward Bernard. Makes the catch of the five. Three, two, one. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Boy, put Bernard in motion and throw a dart. Brady does, and the Bucks needed that touchdown. 23-13 now. Again, love the calls of Mean Gene Deckerhoff as Bernard leaps into the end zone, slanting across the Saints' middle of their defense. And the game now a 23-14 game. And you still got a ton of time. So then the Buccaneer defense did its job and came out and forced the Saints after one first down to punt the ball. And it would not take long, just three minutes off the clock, for Brady and the offense to get in the end zone. And for one, of the, one of the rare times, Mike Evans able to get free on Marshawn Lattimore, the Saints' outstanding corner, one-on-one. -on -one, and Brady made the Saints pay for that. Third down four, Brady looking, looking, looking to his left, going toward the end zone, got a receiver in the area, and Evans makes the catch, touchdown Tampa Bay, he held on to it, forget the penalty flags for pass interference, Evans right. makes his second catch of the day, and it's a huge one. Perfectly thrown, 41-yard bomb, and the Bucks right in the game at 23-21 uh, here at this stage. The Saints would eventually get a field goal later on. An exchange of punts, the Saints got the ball back, they eventually got a field goal, they were aided by another penalty um, in this situation, a, a roughing penalty on Devin White. But a field goal nonetheless from Brian Johnson, their rookie kicker, makes the game 26-21. And that would lead to one of the big moments of this game where the Buccaneers were hanging in and eventually at midfield, Tom Brady would come up with this big play. Brady points to the Mike linebacker. Three receivers right. Here comes a delay blitz. Brady throws the ball deep. Downfield. He got a wide open receiver. Caught ball in the 15-10-5. Dance into the end zone. Touchdown, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Grayson. And Grayson, Cyril Grayson, activated off the practice squad, makes his first catch and his first career touchdown. And nobody had him covered. 50 yards to Cyril Grayson, as Gene and Dave called it there, wide open. In this day and age of COVID-19 and social distancing, how about he was quarantined on that touchdown. As Grayson comes down with his first NFL touchdown, you'll hear Carmen Vitale and I talking about him later on and being on and off the roster. But this guy continued to work hard and got his chance and made the most of it on Sunday. All right, so the good news for the Bucs is they had the lead. The bad news is they didn't get the two-point conversion, trying to flip the ball to Chris Godwin on a jet sweep around the right. The Saints were able to tackle him. Dissect that, that play a little more here on the Bucks a little bit. So the, the two-point play doesn't work. So instead of being up three, you're up one. The Saints eventually go driving in the final uh, two minutes of the game, trying to get into field goal range, if not a touchdown, get at least a field goal. They do get that field goal from the rookie kicker Johnson, Ryan Johnson's third kick of the day. And so now the Buccaneers get the football and have an opportunity here to go get a field goal and win. Unfortunately, not able to get anything going on that final field goal drive and disaster would strike here with under a minute to go, about a minute and a half to go in the game. Second down, 10. Tom Brady has 49 career fourth quarter comebacks. 
Can he make it 50 with 96 seconds left? Second down from the 25 yard line. A good snap, good protection. Flips upfield, throws a dart. It's intercepted at the 40. That should do it to the 20, to the 15 yard line. And out, did he get out of bounds? I don't know. It's a touchdown for the Saints. P.J. Williams, a former Florida State Seminole, able to get that interception, race the other way, and a back-breaking pick-six touchdown. The extra point also good, so it put the Saints up by nine, and that was the end. With a minute and a half left, the Bucs did get the ball back one more time, but Tom Brady was sacked on a couple of occasions. That's been very rare, but the Saints kept getting home with the likes of Cam Jordan, Demario Davis, their pass rush that they have. Give New Orleans credit. They got the turnovers. They took advantage of Buccaneer penalties. They played well enough with Trevor Simeon, a backup quarterback, to get it done. They win the game 36-27. to So as we recap this podcast late night Sunday night, we want to go back to our Hooters postgame show and hear from head coach Bruce Arians with his thoughts immediately after it was done. Let's begin with a positive on how you got back in the game, down 23-7. What were you doing better, including getting defensive stops? Yeah, our defense got off the field, gave us better field position, and um, I thought we were, we were in a very good sync there for a while offensively and, um, and just gave it away. The long throw to Mike Evans is one of the big plays that helped you get back in the game. From what you recall, I know it's the opposite side of the field. That ends up being a huge pass play in the comeback, right? Yeah, it was a huge, good corner route by Mike. He was wide open early in the game, and we missed him. And, uh, but yeah, Mike, I thought, had a hell of a ball game. Okay, we'll go to the final drive here where the Saints had gotten the field goal. You're trying to get down into field goal range to potentially win the game yourself. I know it's immediately after the game. What happened on the interception? Do you just credit the, the Saint DB with jumping it, or what happened from what you saw? Yeah, we had two crossing routes and uh, picked the wrong one. In terms of uh, this game, a lot of penalties. You had a lot of mistakes. Is that something that you know, you're going to look back on it and say a lot of this was self-inflicted here, especially in the second half? Totally. First half and the second half. I mean, uh, you're not going to beat anybody in the National Football playing like that with those penalties and those turnovers. Uh, what, if anything, do we know about Rob Gronkowski? I know he tried to play at the beginning of the game and then did not come back out in the second half in uniform. Do you have any kind of an update on him, Coach? No, it uh... – he, he tried it, and it was, it was going to be an emergency. He wanted to get in there, and we shouldn't have let him. Uh, again, for this team, you now head into the bye week. What must you regroup on uh, and, and focus on here over the next few days as you get ready to go to the bye? Well, rest and, and get all the guys healthy and see who we can get back. We should get a number of guys back. And, uh, you know, we're, we're sitting at 6-2. and two. Last year, we were 7-5. and five, And uh, you know, we, we're doing a lot of good things. But uh, this, one, this one should eat at us. We'd, uh, this was not the way we should play football. Yeah, the head coach did not have a lot to say, as you can imagine. Unhappy with his team's performance, but as he said, 6-2 and two at this point, looking to uh, take the bye week and then kick off the second half of the season with a couple of NFC East teams and the Washington football team and the Giants to get back on the winning track. We'll see if that can be the case. Let's hear from another guest on our Hooters postgame show. He caught the 50-yard bomb in the fourth quarter. Here is reserve receiver Cyril Grayson called upon to make a play. He did. And let's hear more about it. Let's begin right there with the 50-yard touchdown. You were wide open. Just describe the play and what happened. Um, it was kind of a flood play where we have a guy going up top high. Um, it's out, and I'll take the guys deep. If they cover me, then 
the underneath ball will be wide open, and if they take the underneath guys, which they did, then I'll be wide open, and that's exactly what happened. I was running, um, and seemed like they were locked in on Mike, and went up top, and I looked up, the ball was coming, and touchdown. It was um, at a good time where we were trying to win the game. Um, thought that it might seal it, um, but um, that's what happens with football. Was that a play that you guys believed, maybe even during the week, this is going to potentially crack big, and you had just been waiting for the right moment in the fourth quarter? Yeah, actually, we've been dialing it up a couple times. Every time I play, we kind of run a play similar to that, and that's what Byron um, told me. Um, we had to run this play three or four times, and we finally got it up to you. So um, after all the practice and the other reps, we finally got it. Tom Brady throws for 375 yards, a lot of that in the second half and four touchdowns, but a lot is going to be made of the turnovers, including the interception return that seals the game, really, the pick six at the end. Are you guys just going to look back on this one and say too many mistakes, too many turnovers, too many penalties, Cyril? I think we're in it um, together regardless. Um, this is one that we'll look at in the film room and we're gonna make the corrections and hopefully we don't make the mistakes that we made up in this game. And whenever we see these guys again down the road, the mistakes that's gonna be limited, hopefully it makes us win this game. Along those lines, it was a little feisty, I'll use that word, after the game between these two teams. I don't know if you were down there in and around any of that, but it only adds to the NFC South rivalry a little bit post-game, right? Right, divisional game, um, a lot of fire. Um, a lot of things on the line, and so sometimes that happens. Cyril, thank you for stopping for us. We appreciate it. Thank you. Again, he had a smile on his face, as he should be. He's a Louisiana guy. You'll hear Carmen Vitale talking a little more about that here in a few minutes on her interview. Cyril Grayson's 50-yard touchdown, a memorable moment. He kept the football, but it does not come in a win as the Saints get the victory. Uh, Tom Brady on the day. 375 yards, four more touchdowns. That's the 38th time he has thrown for four or more touchdowns in a game. Incredible. That's the second most all-time. And he surpassed Drew Brees, by the way, by getting that 38th game, surpassed the tie of 37 four-touchdown games. Here was Tom Brady. Not a lot to say after this game, but here's some of his post-game comments to the media. Tough game. Um, good team. But we didn't obviously play the way we were capable, and I got to play better. So, tough loss. Seven of your 17 interceptions as a buck have come in four games against the Saints. Uh, what is it exactly they do to give you a hard time? Bad throws. <laughs> Sorry. Bad throws. On that last interception there, when you were trying to get back at the end, you just talk about that play, what happened, how it got away. Yeah, I just threw it to the wrong guy. So I had Mike open. Cost us a game. Talk mostly on defense, but I mean, Bruce had talked about how important it was to avoid penalties and turnovers. And obviously, that was a big part of the loss. How, how frustrating is that? Yeah, I mean, Tough to win that way when you when you uh, turn the ball over like we did. So I got to not throw interceptions. That's the key. Tom, last year you guys went into five weeks on a downturn and lost three out of four, and we really kind of used this time off to bounce back. Is, is there a key to this team doing the same and coming back different? Yeah, I mean, we we'll, we got a lot of fighters, so going in there, battle back, try to do better next week. Um, what transpired on the touchdown throw to Cyril, guy you had? targeted very much at all. Yeah, he did a great job. Cyril did a great job. Got in there, got behind the defense, gave him, gave him a ball he could catch, and he made a great play. Tom, you had a good thing going with Chris Godwin today. Can you talk about just 
what you were seeing with him out there today? Yeah, he's phenomenal. I mean, Chris is an incredible player, so got to keep getting him the ball. And uh, he played a great game. All the receivers did. Tom, what adjustments did you make at halftime to uh, help your team in the second half? Uh, we just played a little better, so yeah, we got to play better for four quarters. So thank you, guys. Short and to the point. He was unhappy. Not the performance the Buccaneers were looking for. Three turnovers as the Saints were able to strip him for a fumble and pick him off twice. And again, P.J. Williams' interception return for a touchdown. The clincher for the Saints, and I know Tom Brady, um, would love to have that throw back because Mike Evans appeared to be open on a replay uh, coming across the middle down the field a little more. Instead, he went underneath a little bit to Chris Godwin. All intercepted, and the Saints clinch the win. Buccaneer defense gave up some big plays. They did a good job on Alvin Kamara for the most part containing him, but in the end, Trevor Simeon did too well with moving them uh, into scoring range after uh, Jameis Winston's injury and uh, time and again. Again, Simeon's number is not overwhelming at 16 of 29 for 159 yards, but he didn't lose the game. Uh, Alvin Kamara was contained for the most part, 19 carries, 61 yards, only the one touchdown. But here was Devin White, the star uh, linebacker for the Bucks, the third-year linebacker. Here's what he had to say to the media in New Orleans Sunday night. Thought you know the call with Jameis, you know his his momentum, you know wherever they see it, I'm gonna go back and look at it. But I just thought I had him in his pass or whatever. Said handles too hot to the nameplate, but I take that one. But uh, just you know uh, on the one when I was trying to get the sack, man, I just finishing the play, just trying to get him in on the sideline. That was all me. I take full responsibility. But you know me and uh, Mark Ingram drawing all night, just going back and forth. You know, it's always one decided when you're in somebody else's house, you know. I mean, at the end of the day, it wasn't nothing, like, personal going on with us. You know, we, you know, talked at the end of the game, and he respect, you know, the way I play the game. So, I mean, I'm going to just keep being me. You know, I'm a fiery guy. I'm a guy that like to talk. But, obviously, I got to look to the ground when I'm talking to a player, you know, just so I can, uh, you know, say the penalty for my team because at the end of the day, it's all about the team. But I still got to play with passion and, you know, have energy when I'm out there. He wanted to play against Jameis. He wanted to play against you guys. Were you able to say anything to him after he went down, got hurt? Yeah, I just, you know, I went up, you know, tapped him on the head, said, man, I hate it happened for you. Uh, happened to you. This happened to you, man. You're playing good ball and just praying for you because, man, Jameis is a good guy. He's a great guy. I'm going to put emphasis on that. You know, all last year when they was playing and we was playing, he was, you know, texting. You know, I don't know if he was texting everybody, but me and him was close. You know, when I came in, he kind of showed me around and just telling me how proud he was of me and, uh, even when we won the Super Bowl, he was one of the first texts. Like, you know, just congratulations, man. Like, you know, I wish I could be a part of that, but, you know, y'all deserve it. You know, you put a lot of work in, and we always talked about, you know, how special y'all could be. So, I mean, he's a great guy. You hate to see that happen. I hope it's not serious, man. I'm just praying for him. And, you know, but it's a long season. Hope he can come back and uh, he can fight with his team. I know it's going to be frustrating. You're down 16. You guys rally all the way back to take the lead. Defense just has to close it out. How frustrating is it to let it slip away? Oh, it's very frustrating, man, especially when uh, Ty Bull is doing a, a great job, you know, calling great plays. And, you know, we just got to go out there as a unit and execute, man. You got new people out there, but, you know, new people mean new opportunity for people, you know, and we all just got to play with each other and be in sync. So I think that's the most frustrating thing is we had a chance, you know, to show up. And, you know, as a unit, we did. You know, we let it slip away. We let them drive down, whether it was on third down or a penalty or something, you know, whatever the case may be. But at the end of the day, we take it all 
together. And, we, you know, we know it got to get fixed. You know, we got to find a way to fix it. But I think the thing is, you know, uh, we understand that it's not no finger pointing. So we take full responsibility for our actions. So that's the best thing about it. Yeah, the Buccaneer defense smarting. They left some plays on the field, didn't get the takeaways that the Saints defense did, and the end result is 36-27. to 27. As promised, late night in New Orleans as we release the podcast on Monday, nothing but Bucks. Got a chance to speak with Carmen Vitale. Love her work with Buccaneers.com. You read her, you see her on Buccaneers.com. She and I caught up at the New Orleans French Quarter Hotel where we're staying to converse about the Saints win, the Bucks comeback, Cyril Grayson's touchdown, and much more. Uh, late night Sunday. All right, as promised, to bring some sanity. I'll do it again. Three, two. All right, as promised, to bring some sanity to nothing but Bucks. Carmi V, Carmen Vitale uh, from Buccaneers.com, as we are fresh off what has happened in the Superdome on Sunday night. First of all, thank you. Uh, second of all, we peel the curtain back on the podcast that we are hanging in the lobby of the French Quarter Hotel. Very good of you to hang with me and impart some wisdom, some insight, and analysis. Well, it certainly beats being out there right now. <laughs> and out there is definitely on Halloween night post-game, uh, as the kids like to say, it's lit. I think it's lit and, and then may stay lit for a while. Yeah, if that's what you want to call it. It's also very weird, yeah. so... On Halloween. It's weird anyway, but it is weird on Halloween. Enough about the ambiance in New Orleans. Let's talk about the game. Uh, Okay, give me an overall thought or two. I mean, one thing that should not get lost in this, as I was saying earlier, you're down 23-7, to and the Bucs came back and actually had the lead in this football game. Tell me more overall about what you thought, especially about the comeback. Yeah, I thought coming out of halftime that this was going to be one of those stories where I I had – Full and total trust that the Bucks were going to kind of actually end up pulling this off. And what's crazy, you know, after all the penalties incurred, all the self-inflicted mistakes that were made, the Bucks still had a chance in the final drive of the game to win the game. So, or the final drive, not quite of yeah. the game, but yeah. So they still, you know, within two minutes had the opportunity to win this ball game, which is pretty insane. And you kind of do realize that the Bucks are the only ones that can beat themselves at this point. Well, especially with all of the turnovers, all of the penalties, and yet you're still putting the ball uh, in the end zone. Chris Godwin, my goodness, um, uh, you know, one big catch after another in this game. Assess what you saw out of him, please, if you would. I, at one point, I think I even tweeted that he was putting this offense on his back and just making those crucial catches exactly when the Bucks needed it and, and to save some drives and extend some drives. And he made some really excellent tight window throws. You saw Brady kind of split two defenders multiple times. And not only that, but Chris getting yards after the catch was huge in this game. And I was just really impressed with how many yards he was able to get even after making he was making guys miss. He was hitting that hit stick uh, on a couple of these defenders and was just could not and would not be denied. And that you, you have to commend that effort. Well, and you don't know how things are obviously going to play out. Uh, but if 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 he can get in on the two point play, then it's a three point lead. You wonder if the Saints go harder to try to get the touchdown or if they're willing to just settle for the tying field goal or not. As it turns out, the field goal was going to give them the lead and force the Bucks to score to win the game. So you just wonder on the FFFs. But the Saints made a heck of a play on that play. There were a couple of guys that sniffed it out, and, and Godwin's such a tough runner. You've got to credit New Orleans with some of this, with making plays. Do you not? Oh, absolutely. And I think on that play in particular, that pitch, I'm sure it was by design, but it seemed like a pretty deep 
pitch and it, you kind of had a while a ways to go if you're Chris Godwin and he just didn't get the blocks that he needed to because you're right New Orleans kind of sniffed that out they sniffed out that um, I think what the Bucks were actually trying to do was the play that Jameis Winston uh, came in for in the divisional game last year you saw Tom Brady kind of has the handoff to Leonard Fournette. He goes wide. He's looking back to try and throw the ball back to Tom Brady. But, again, New Orleans sniffed that one out. They too. were looking deep for Evans. That's what they wanted, I think, on that play. Yes. And I think it was get the ball back to Tom so he could go and get it to Mike. And I think that that play was very similar, if not almost the same. And I, it came after that touchdown. And so I think that it was one of those or the drive. And when they got the ball back and they had got the three and out, they got the, the defense got them off the field. Um, and I think it was one of those – you know, oh, let's take this shot and let's really try to get this thing going. Um, but it didn't quite work out that way. <laughs> but again, I still, I, like, I really did. I had faith, even with, you know, Tom Brady getting the ball back with a minute 41. And he makes that, he makes, he gets in field goal range more often than he doesn't on a drive like that. Uh, it just didn't work out this time. Did not. You're hearing from Carmen Vitale, Carmi V on Twitter. She's giving us some insight after the Saints have beaten the Buccaneers for just the second loss of the season. That is seven straight regular season wins by New Orleans, by the way, against the Bucs. Of course, the Buccaneers did win the one that counted in the playoffs last year. That should not be lost in all of this. All right, we heard from Cyril Grayson just a few minutes ago on this podcast, catching the 50-yard bomb for the go-ahead score. Please give the audience here some insight. You're around him a bunch. What a story from a year ago, on and off the roster, waiting for a chance, and then there it is in a huge situation in the fourth quarter of a game in New Orleans. Yeah, I mean, I believe that was like his second catch and then his first touchdown. And not to mention, um, I don't think that this was necessarily common knowledge before it happened, but he's from Metairie, which is right outside the city here. Ran track at LSU, right? Ran track, and he had a lot of friends and family in attendance. And so we heard from him after the game, and he said, you know, I wanted to celebrate, but I also knew how much time was still on the clock, so I kind of held it in. But he did appreciate getting to do that in front of his friends and family, and I'm just sad that... You know, he couldn't wholly and truly appreciate it with a win uh, because what an amazing story that would have been. But he's just he's the most positive, just kind of upbeat, very energetic guy. He works his tail off. And so to have him, you know, brought up from the practice squad and to be such a contributor um, is just you love to see that for him. No doubt. How much do you credit the Saints having to go to Trevor Simeon? Jameis Winston injury. They're still able to operate their offense. Yes, it's a conservative buttoned up offense that Sean Payton's running but they were effective enough with it were they not they were and I think that that was kind of not just the biggest testament to Sean Payton's coaching is that you could literally plug and play a very different quarterback into that scheme and we're still effective like you said it was conservative it was kind of more the dink and dunk not you know he only made some very conservative and safe throws. Um, you took away Alvin Kamara's ground game. You took away the Saints' ground game. You know, it, this was exactly what we expected from the number one and the number three rushing defenses uh, in the league as far as the ground game went. So you took away that, and you really did. You forced Trevor Simeon to have to make throws, though. They were safe throws, but he still had to make them. And, you know, when you're coming off a majority of the time, you're practicing with the scout team you're not you don't have the chemistry with these receivers you don't have you know you don't have those connections and you don't you're not used to you know actually commanding this offense so um not that I'm proud but you know he is Northwestern's own and I am a Northwestern (laughs) alum so I I had a leg up on being able to spell Trevor Simeon 
right off the bat. Yeah. I didn't have to look. Northwestern Wildcats stick together. There's no doubt. <laughs> uh, okay, so in closing, as we heard from Bruce Arians, uh, six and two through the first eight games, you head into the bye week. Yes, this smarts. It stings. You got a bad taste in your mouth for 13 more days before you get to play again. That's me saying all of that. Assess this through the first half of the season. Yeah, I think that's the major point is that you're six and two and you think about the bye week, granted it came later last year, but you were seven and five at the bye week and you had lost what three straight going into the bye week. And so now it's like, all right, you lose one. Um, but I think that gives them more motivation to come out of the bye, and especially if they can get some guys back and be a little bit more healthy. Um, but this is going to sit with them, and they're not going to – I think they're going to respond because it sits with them. I mean, this is the most sullen I've ever seen Tom Brady post-game uh, in a press conference. He was, you know, one, two-word answers, and this is a man that – he talks a lot when he gets to the podium and today it was he he knew that you know there was mistakes that were made but at the same time you're going into the bye you have a chance to work and improve and hopefully get some guys back and get healthy um and now you know you're not going to want to feel this way again and sitting at six and two and having that motivation i think that bodes well for the rest of the season please promote what you have as the audience hears this as we're releasing the podcast day after the game please promote what you have monday tuesday and early in the week so they can find you see you read you etc go ahead yeah, so every week uh, after games, I have my takeaways. When we win, Scott Smith and I have our game ball, so that we will unfortunately not have that this week. But because it is the bye week, uh, Scott Smith, Casey Phillips, and I have roundtables coming up this week, and we'll kind of be assessing some stuff, um, evaluating some stuff you know, from the first half of the season, and then kind of making some predictions and, and think, looking ahead uh, to the second half of the season. So check it out. Check her out at Carmi V on Twitter, Buccaneers.com's very own. Thank you for hanging with me late night Sunday night here on the Nothing But Bucks podcast. I always appreciate the insight and, and, and wisdom anyway, but especially when there's extra effort after a loss. Thank you, Carmi V. Anytime, Tej. Anything for you. Go Bucks. Again, the end result is 36-27 in favor of the New Orleans Saints. They win the first of the two meetings. The second game will come in December. Sunday night football as it stands right now at Raymond James Stadium for the Buccaneers rematch with the Saints. And likely first place will be part of that conversation as the Buccaneers now find themselves back in a tie with New Orleans. They actually lead by a half game because the Saints have already had their bye week. The Buccaneers now headed into that bye week. So a tough defeat, and again, seven straight, as I said with Carmen, seven straight regular season wins by the Saints. But again, Buck fans, for all time, you beat the Saints in the playoffs and retired Drew Brees and won the Super Bowl a couple of weeks later. So the Saints can talk about regular season wins all they want. The Bucks got a huge win in the playoffs last year and now look for revenge later in this season if they are able to get it. All right, that will pretty well wrap things up for this edition of Nothing But Bucks. Again, give the credit to the Saints as they get the win. And improved now to five and two on the season. The Bucks dropping to six and two, headed into the bye week. Uh, a reminder uh, that again, however you found this podcast, thank you for doing so. Subscribe to it on Apple Podcast, on Spotify, Buccaneers mobile app has it on the day after games. After we are done, whether you found us through a social media link, whatever, subscribe or find it through the Buccaneer mobile app. We love coming your way. My thanks to Jason Berenger helping me with the highlights and the interviews. Uh, Jeff Ryan is our director of broadcasting. Thanks also to Carmen Vitale, Buccaneers.com, uh, here for this. By week coming for the Bucks. No game, obviously, this week. No nothing but Bucks podcast. We're back in two weeks after the game with the Washington football team as the Buccaneers will try to start off the second half of the season with a win in the NFC East on the road. Already 
a, uh, a victory, two victories, as a matter of fact, over the Cowboys and the Eagles. Now try to beat the Washington football team coming on Sunday, November the 14th for the matchup with the Washington football team. They'll come back home and play the Giants eight days later on Monday Night Football to round out playing the four NFC East teams. We will be on the air on Buccaneers Radio at noon Eastern time for the 1 o'clock kick at FedEx Field in Washington, D.C., Landover, Maryland, actually coming in two weeks. For now, we are done. Here in New Orleans, credit the Saints with the win. The Bucs smarting, but they got to get things right. Got to get healthy in the secondary if they can during the bye week. Heal up Rob Gronkowski's ribs, Richard Sherman's hamstring, etc. And we'll see what the Bucs look like for the second half of the season starting in Washington in a couple weeks. For now, we are good. Thank you for being with me. I'm merely TJ Reeves. And you've been listening to our recap podcast, Nothing But Bucks. Bye.